everybody. How's it going? Uh, Devin and I are in the truck to do Tales from the Farm. And I was just looking back and been saying it for like basically since like February or March that we needed to do Tales from the Farm and we haven't. And it looks like the last one got posted in December. So bad job us. Been pretty busy. It's definitely been a busy spring. talk about it. So here we go. Man. Where should we start? Like chronologically or? Well, yeah, I would start chronologically. I would say that we should start with kidding and kidding season was really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Actually, I would say now that it's over and I don't have to knock on wood or anything, that was probably one of the better kidding seasons that I've had in the 12, 13 years of doing this. Um, and why I say that is that nothing really catastrophic happened. Usually, I mean, kidding is never pretty. It's, it can be really beautiful, yes, but it's, it's hard work for them and us, and life is hard, so... Biology is slimy. Yeah. Birth is messy. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of that. So there's a lot of area for, for things to not be good, and they were good. Like, it's been, it was good. Yeah. Does all did really well. Yeah. Kids all did really well. Yep. Um, we yeah. did something different this winter. Um, this winter kind of ran out of hay. We usually run out of hay. Uh, we didn't technically well, no, really we run didn't. out of hay, but we were just trying to like stretch out the hay that we had. And also, like, our we might have talked about this before, but like last summer was one of the worst hay seasons I've ever experienced. It was, yeah. It was really bad. Everything was really dry. Um, our first cut hay got cut so late. Uh, and then, and we don't really feed first cut hay, so then second cut didn't have as much time to grow. So we got, we're feeding out our hay from our barn and we got to like, what, January? And we were like, we need to stop feeding this hay and we need to find other hay because we're going to run out of hay and there's not going to be any hay to buy. Yeah, so we started looking earlier because the later in the season you look for hay in New England, the harder it is to get and the yeah. more expensive it is. And... But it was bad. It was really bad. It was even bad in January. I guess it was bad probably right after it was cut. Uh-huh. You know, so... So, until, I mean, we just ran out of that last, uh, we were, like, large, like, the 800 to 1,000 pound square bales were getting trucked in from western New York. Yeah. And we bought a lot of those. Beautiful um, hay. Some of the best hay I've ever seen, really. Yeah, that last round was, wow. like, some of the nicest hay I've wow. ever seen. Really, it was spoiled goats. Um, so we just finished that up, and we've probably got, what, like... Two or three hundred bales in the barn to get rid of before second cut has to come in. Right. Timing should be pretty good. Yeah. Um, it was still really dry, except now it's Fourth of July weekend and everybody's all butt hurt because it's been raining all weekend. But we're just like, thank God it's raining. Yeah. We haven't seen water from the sky in months. It's like just the perfect kind of rain too. It's like steady, not torrential, like soaking rain. 
So very, very good for that. Our first cut already got cut too, so this is all going to yeah, about grow three the weeks second ago, cut. Three, yeah. oh, about a yeah. month ago almost now. Yeah, so we're still, I think in our area of the state, we're still abnormally dry, but I don't think we're technically in a drought. And this storm should really help with that. Yeah. So that's good. Um, we also got a really large delivery of chaff hay um, early in the season, too, uh, well before we started kidding. And yeah, January? Yeah. It came before the snow really started piling up. And yeah. got about 30 ton. 24? 24, 25 ton of chaff So we got, yeah, we got approached by chaff to partner with them this season to help with data collection on their goat dairy uh, market demographic. Um, Devin and I have fed chaff in the past. I think it was, what, 2014 or something like that? Again, when it was an abnormally dry, bad, crappy hay season, and we needed to get something into those does. Uh, but now we've just been feeding it consistently, Yeah, we've been basically making, since January. Yeah, and we've been doing, like, a, making our own TMR with grain and minerals did we start? We started off with not grain, right? Yeah, we started off with not grain, and then slowly worked in grain, and then noticed I was feeding too much of the grain, and then back to the grain off, and found a good medium of minerals and added protein powder and um, grain on top of the chaff hay. Yeah, because once that we out. started getting closer to kidding, we were yeah. like, let's start bumping up the calorie intake right. a bit. And I think this actually worked very well. One of the big issues for us in the winter in terms of, like, feeding the dry herd is has always been, like, well, how do we get their minerals into them? Because they don't need grain for the first, like, three months of their pregnancy. But they do need, particularly for us in our area, they do need zinc. That's real, that's all we add as yeah. far as minerals goes. Yeah. Um, so the chaffe has been a nice vehicle to make sure they're getting their zinc. Yeah, it's been working out really well. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic, actually. The, you know, winter skin takes out issues. skin issues. Um, I mean, winter takes a lot out of them with pregnancy too. Like, so usually come kidding you don't realize how much body mass they've lost because they're so big and round being pregnant and then they would birth and you're like oh my god you need to gain so much weight I feel so bad and that there's that like arc period of when they're like making tons of milk but I'm also trying to get their body mass back up and it's kind of stressful on them and it's always been a challenge like how do I continually keep their body mass right throughout the winter and pregnancy without making them too fat or like because you don't want too fat goats when they come to birthing because then I call it fat goat syndrome is they don't push and they're lazy about kidding and things happen bad things happen so like I'd rather them be a little bit on the thinner side than the fat side when it comes to kidding so that's why I've never really I didn't really know what the happy medium was during the winter, but this chaffe 
really helped. And I don't know if it helped drop my numbers on kids, too, because they're healthier, bigger animals. I don't know. Well, we I, still, what did we kid? 32? 32 does kitted. And we ended up with 40, I mean, 72 goat kids. I think 73, because 73. there was one that didn't get counted. So that's what, two? So, norm, that is down. I think from previous seasons where I've had two point three kids per doe. <laughs> so normally there I would see a lot more sense of triplets. It's fine though, I I'm like totally, this better. I, yeah, see that's what I was the kids are bigger and healthier. Mm-hmm. The does are bigger and healthier, they're shinier. Um, the skin issues are like fading away. Um well, even some of the, like, I think what you're saying is, like, some of the does who really, like, put it all into their kids and all into their, all into the tank, especially in early lactation, yeah, it's just, like, such tank. a metabolic strain on on them that then their appearance suffers for it. And yeah. they look skinny, and their coat isn't as nice, mm-hmm. and, like, this nutrition regime has oh my God, made, a, made a significant difference yeah. this year, I think. Everybody's um, beautiful. Everybody looks really good. Oh, I was concerned about, um, like, messing with their calcium intake because alfalfa tends to have more calcium. Um, and if you feed, there's a whole thing. I was just thinking as I was editing another podcast episode that I should do a an episode on milk fever, hypocalcemia, um, because there's a whole thing about, like, oh, well, if you want to you know, not have hypocalcemia, you should feed more calcium leading up to lactation. And you don't want to do that because there's, there's a tipping point where too much is too much and you actually make it worse. Yeah. So that's what I was worried about as we're getting towards like the beginning of kidding. I was like, well, I hope we didn't just really screw this up by feeding too much calcium, but it all worked out really well. Yeah. No, I didn't have any of that milk fever. I mean, I don't think we we had no major like we had like I can't even remember. No, we had like two dystocias that were like that I you know. Oh, I had some, but I'm, that, I don't really worry about that because yeah. I know what I'm doing mostly. Um, unless it's something really bad, but like at this stage of doing this this long, I don't. I try not to get myself in a dizzy and all worked up over it. Um, the more calm you are going into knowing there's a goat kidding in the barn, the better. You know, just chill. Yeah. Usually, and I, most of the, I'm just, I feel like I know when I need to do something. Yeah. More than ever. It's just like, I try to, now that we have the proper space here in New Gloucester, I just, we give them their pen, I'll give them a bunch of hours. If I see the heavy pushing I want to see, nothing's happening, I'll go do something. And I definitely have had some goats not dilated properly, but they're first-timers, and that's kind of normal-ish. You know, they just needed to be opened up a little bit. Um, Yeah, the space is significantly improved this year. Um, Last year, you know, we were just, like, racing to keep ahead, building kid pens as, like, goat kids were being born, basically. And this year, that was all done. Right. We didn't have to do that. Prepping was all done way ahead of time. Everything was well well ready. Um, I think 
kidding season went off with Susan giving us two animals like way way earlier than everything uh, like before the real hit of Go Kids came and that kind of nice soft opening like okay well this is what it's like now this is go kids are around let's get all the pens ready for these and two, it was kind of nice too like we got the single goat stanchion in the treatment room and i don't have to turn the big system on we're just we're hand milking her because it's just her and then we can just drink her milk and feed her milk to the babies mm-hmm. and uh that was kind of nice but then yeah. also while that was happening, so uh, what, like February to early March, Devin was finishing the pipeline build. Yeah, that's big. That was really big. So, yeah, it took me two winters. Uh, and this winter, I finally finished it. Which uh, is, like, kind of awesome. It was, yeah, it's definitely life-changing. It was definitely something I had on the pedestal for a really long time. I've always wanted to have a goat milking pipeline system. Um, I didn't really understand why. I just thought it was really cool. I like mechanical stuff. I like it is. I like plumbing and I like building stuff like this. And um, now that I have it built, I understand why it's so awesome. It's it's really kind of satisfying to watch that glass receiver jar fill up with milk. Yeah. It's so. really satisfying when you get your milk tests back and it's the cleanest you've ever seen it. You know, and I'm milking the most goats that I've ever milked. It's also, like, fast. Like, even... It's pretty fast. Well, like, even... Because, like, Devin, I have to write down when we do milk tests, I have to write down the start time and the end time. Oh. So, like, when we're doing it, and when we do milk tests, we're going half as fast. Like, so even with the Waikato meters, we're going half as fast because you can only milk three at a time instead of six at a time. Right. It took us an hour to milk 30 does. It's pretty good. Yeah. Even with sampling and weighing and... So, well, yeah. not weighing, but, like, sampling from the Waikato meters. I'm, milk, we're mil- I'm milking 11 goats at a time. The stand is set up for 12, but I like that one slot to be open at the end. Um, it couldn't fit 12 up there if I wanted, but I never do. Um, I milk 11 at a time. I have six, six sets of claws, two set, three sets of jetters. It's a new pulse cleaning control system with a Bowmatic electronic pulsation. I have a five-gallon glass receive jar. I can dump into two different bulk tanks. I have Did a, you just see that bulk? No, I did oh, not. It was really cute, but you might have thought it was stupid. And um, <laughs> I have a 100-gallon milk plan bulk tank and a 50-gallon Alma Bis bulk tank and have it set up so that I can fill one bulk tank on the pipeline and wash it and then fill up the 100-gallon bulk tank and wash it. And it's pretty awesome. It's pretty wild, actually. And I had a lot of help from um, Central Maine Dairy Equipment. They helped me really with the physics of things and how and this, making sure that I was understanding the dynamics and the physics of how things need to go. They came out a few times, and then I had Gary Foss from mainly new pulse come out and help me get the control wash box all dialed in and on the proper settings it was kind of been messed with in there from the previous owner and now it's all set up proper now had to buy a whole bunch of extra pipe 
Um, I think... Um, but it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think the one thing that's interesting about it is I was just thinking of this. It's kind of like... Um, I feel like it's kind of like a fish tank where, like, it's hard, like... It's hard to keep a small fish tank. Like, it's hard to get it to cycle properly. It's hard to keep it stable. Like, when you're milking on a small vacuum pump where you're using, like, vacuum-driven pulsation, you don't have all this space and, like, the big ballast tank to maintain the vacuum and all of this oh, stuff. Oh, I didn't even say it's anything like, about that stuff. Yeah. It's like, there's less... There's less room for error. The system is small, so it has less capacity to absorb like little changes and it screws things up more when you have a big system the system maybe it's more complicated but it's bigger so it just has more capacity to it's absorb huge. little changes yeah the ballast so. upstairs is like an 100 gallon vacuum ballast tank i have a variable vein um new uh new pulse style with a four horse pump motor I'm and then pretty... I have a sure built with a six horsepower Deval pump up there, and they're set up so if one pump goes bad, I can s- switch some valve, turn some valves, and then turn on the but other pump. Doesn't one need something right now? The other, the sure built pump, I'm not sure, started making some fun, funky noises, not so fun noises. Um, and I probably just need to wash it. Or I guess I don't know. There's, but I switched to the variable vein pump, and that's been running really well. Um, it's loud upstairs. It's, so it's the, loud the, pulse, the pump is upstairs in the barn, but it's nice and quiet in the parlor, it's though. Super quiet in the parlor. Like you can, really nice. you can hear the grain falling on the ground from the goats spitting out. Yeah. But they don't. Like. So there's definitely things like there's still projects in the barn that we need to do or have somebody do like we need to we want to have some heat heat pump mini splits put in for yeah we need some air conditioning for uh moisture control yeah and air conditioning yeah the uh, The pipeline this washing system is really hot water like we'll burn your hands off hot water and it gets really steamy and then the refrigeration units on the bulk tanks cool the milk so quick and it dumps all that heat into the space it was like 110 in there yeah this when week. well yeah it was 100 degrees outside yeah this week. it was so, so bad. hot and steamy in the bulk tank room we have fans we move it around and stuff but we really need to get it more controlled. i was just thinking yeah well we're thinking what a, a mini split in the parlor and one in the dairy yeah and then I was thinking if you can just suck that air, I think we should just put a bathroom fan in the treatment room and a bathroom fan in the just have it pull into milk the house and just have it suck that air out of there. Mm-hmm. So, projects. Mm-hmm. Um, what else has been going on? So, yeah, we're done kidding. We've been done yeah. kidding for about a month now. Yeah, almost exactly a month, yeah. Um, which was a little late, and but we didn't know what this year was going to be like with because of COVID, and I didn't want to breed my forty usual does. Um, which we have a lot of freeloaders this year. It's really bad. We, we kept a lot of the twenty nineteen does more than we should have. Than we should have. Um, we did this year's this year's kidding return was twice as many does, pretty much. Uh, 
oh, like kid ratio yeah, is like 65-35. It's really crazy. It's another dough year. So, I mean, it, just, it seems to be that we just do does a lot here at Flying Go Farm. I don't... I mean, that's great, but I've been trying to build a meat market, not a, um, a market for breeding stock, but that's changed. We were, Kara bought us some Wakato meat goat meters, and we've gone on milk test, and We've been breeding really nice goats for quite some time now, and because we have a really nice uh, semen tank full of old dead bucks that are really, really nice. So, I mean, it's time to go on milk test and start getting these stars. And we're going to continue to rate like birth out that many does every season. I feel better selling them as breeding stock than sending them to freezer camp. Well, but, I, mean, I mean, we've whatever. talked about this too, though. Is like yeah. we let, we need to get we need to find a nice boar buck. I need to, and then yeah. we can figure out. Like that's why I wrote those names down on the board. Mm-hmm. Was that this morning or last night? Yeah, I was last like, night. these are the does that I want to focus on for a maternal line, and then you know, mm-hmm. the, you breed those does for your replacement does. Yeah, and then you breed everybody else to for meat. The problem that I have with all of this is that Kara and I breed nice animals and I send them to freezer camp and they should be I like to have them out more but I'm not going to be giving them away you know so you build up the name recognition you get the stars you do the proper breeding you get them where you think they're worth and then I will sell them but until then they go to freezer camp so that's just the way it goes with us. And um, that was another thing that was another thing that really was really crappy about 2020 is that we were stuck with a lot of goats that would normally go to freezer camp and we lost those connections. And luckily they're back this year. Yeah, it's a lot less stressful when the chefs are like, yes, we'll take all those animals. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, whatever. They have a, they have a good life. And man. they're on the most fanciest plates in Maine, I think. So, I don't... It doesn't bother me too much, but I think... They taste they were, good. They are, we're heading in the right direction on, you know, making... We're going to have our meat line of goats and have a boar goat and then have our really fancy breeding stock from our tank and keep those ones around for the milk part and we have the land to do things like this now in the space so it's gonna be fun yeah but um yeah so sales are way different than last year and the cheese has been flowing pretty well and the cheese production with the chaff hay too has been pretty crazy. It really does feel like I'm milking twice as many goats as I normally am. The tank's filling up on like three milkings. Last year you were only milking once a day. Yeah, I was milking only once a day. Um, The milk quality is way higher. I bought a cream separator and we're like separating the cream out and it's delicious. Did we bring cream? Oh no, I think we forgot. Oh crap. We forgot to bring cream. (laughs) I went out there to grab all that stuff. Yeah. I think my mom asked if we, she should get cream. Do you want to pause? 
Um, no. Um, oh well. So yeah, I've been doing goat cream and it's been fantastic. We've been playing around with ice cream recipes, my sister and I uh, were trying to come up with some other goat dairy products that would be desirable. Doesn't like ice cream, so we've been playing with that. But um, yeah, overall cheese sales have been almost better than pre-COVID. Um, yields are crazy with the chaff hay. Things are doing really well on the, in the dairy side. Um, last season, Morgan was around a lot. You know, she got furloughed and the hotel shut down. Um, and then when they opened back up, she was able to work a lot from home, which means she could help me more. Um, she is working from home still some some days, but she has to go in to the hotel some days too. So she's definitely, and the hotel's way busy. So she's busy. That means I had to take over the dairy piece during the week, and she and this, comes and help me on the weekends. And This, like, past couple of weeks, like, what, yesterday, we got another dozen kids out on pasture. Yeah. At the beginning of last week, we got, like... 20 more-ish out on pasture, so... Helps so much. Yeah, so the barn really is empty. Those five that are up there getting milk once a day can go, like, probably the end of next week or something like this time next week. Okay. Next weekend, so they can go out. Um, that definitely eases chores. Yeah, it makes it a lot faster. We still have, like... Now that they're out, and now that, like, that fence line, they've cleared up <laughs> from grazing... Um, and then we'll move them once they have, once we have this moved, like in the next days or by the end of the week, then at the end of next week, we can start working on the big perimeter fence down in the fields. Yeah. Kara's talking about, we had, when we bought the farm there where cow was on it and that was fenced and on three wire. Um, on cedar posts. I can't how many acres do you think that is? It's pretty that, so the chunk. lower square is like eight acres. So yeah, the wire's all rusty and not conducting very well anymore. So all that comes down. And then we fenced with temporary uh, Premier One easy up fencing um, like on the outside of where the fence line was so that the fence line gets nice and trimmed down. And we don't have to weed whack it. Yeah, so the goats are going around the perimeter and eating it all up. We spent some time fixing up the hutches, too. We have these mm -hmm. hutches that are um, hog panels, just like arched in, in, a, in a U, like a half circle. And they're three panels wide um, in a pressure-treated square, like two by sixes. They're braced in the corners, and then you arch the panel in the square, and then put plywood on the end walls, cover it with a tarp. And um, every season we put the pigs in them, and they usually destroy them pretty good, so you have to rebuild them. And um, the pigs are now in the greenhouse, and we rebuild the four hutches, and then we've been we put the, about 20 goat kids in one of those hutches, and then. Yeah, last season, like about this time last season, we had just finished the, like the permit more permanent uh, structure out in the field, and I want. I was thinking about this, like I want to build 
at least three more of those. Ideally, oh, so you don't have to have those tractors. Right. Yeah. Right. Ideally, I want to build five more. Yeah, five more. So we had six total. I was thinking about this. Three on each side. We might have to put two somewhere else because it's like two. If you did two, and one was for yearlings and retirees during the summer, and one was for bucks during the summer. And those are somewhere outside of that main square. And then the four in the main square are for kids. Makes we just sense. have to figure out where the other two are going to go. Right. For bucks and retirees. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to... Well, maybe we do it, like, out around the corner. Yeah. I like to see them, though. I do, too. And then we have to get that out around the corner field back to production so we can take some of the hay field away. Exactly. That would be what we would do. There is a little bit beyond on the other side of the stream, though. Yeah. That we probably could use, at I least temporarily. So. Right. Between the two ditches. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what else? So, fencing. Yeah, fencing. Fencing is going to be one of the bigger summer projects that yeah. we're going to try to accomplish. I uh, think, Kara I mean, and her mom have been picking away at doing a pretty yeah. good job at it i feel like we made some pretty good progress this weekend and um another bigger summer project that we wanted to do was try to build a lean-to off mm-hmm. the side of the barn we did we i think we always try to accomplish too much because we were, we're we like to talk about projects and we like to do projects um but we always have a lot of projects on our mind so it's kind of hard which ones it's like we need a team of like half a dozen priority what takes priority you know there's a lot of fun and it's always the animals do, and it's always the animals animals so like, always take priority I mean we we made a deal with our hay contractor that he was going to do all the round bales in those big thousand pound square bales off our land and that makes it way easier for our backs uh, moving it around with our skid steer and a hay spear than unloading thousands of small square bales. We don't need those small square bales when the way we feed the hay out. We just need the hay up there. So our barn is 80% stable and new and secure. There's certain things that I would feel more comfortable uh, bringing that much hay in with the tractor. I mean, yes... We back the big giant hay wagons in there and stack all that hay out there, but we don't drive big tractor out onto that. All that weight in the smallest square footage can be bad. So, um, yeah, there's some updating on the barn that we need to do. That's a bigger projects for the summer. Um, We'd love to put a lean-to off the side, fix the back wall, and put one-inch hemlock boards on the second story. Mm. Those are all the big things I wanted to do. Um, Yeah, I think we should try to find somebody to come give us a quote on concrete pretty soon here. I think so, too. Um, Because then we'd have to do the concrete before we could do the lean-to, right? I would think so. You just need to know where you want your footers to be and have on the, on the outside or the inside of wherever your slab's going to be. I think on the outside would probably be best. Have the slab totally under. Well, there's going to be footers that, I don't know, whatever. I don't know how it works. Yeah, we don't need to talk about this <laughs> Um, what else to talk about? 
Yeah, I mean, a departure. A departure for me, I guess, is that, like I said already, I put starting to put names of does up on the board because I'm actually already starting to think about breeding. Hmm. Um, well, it's just never too early to really start thinking about breeding. It makes it easier for when they start. Yeah. Cycling. Like I said on the a podcast that posted yesterday about keeping bucks, how we have these does that. Um, are really like kicking butt production wise and their their sire on their paperwork is listed as unknown because it was an unrecorded semen collection so but like I need to use that buck again yeah and it just it's oh well um great yeah Uh, well the thing that sucks about it is that like you can't like, now if anybody else, like, probably nobody else does, but, like, if somebody else had that semen in their tank, like, we're now putting the numbers behind that semen. Like, we're effectively... Nobody else has that. Well, whatever. Or if somebody wanted to buy it from us, because we've got a ton of it. Like... Oh, yeah. So, it's it impairs your, you know, the ability to, like, build a better goat because you don't have... Like on the paperwork and in the database, that is, those does have an unknown "quote unquote" sire, and then it also like doesn't help, like because maybe you had, maybe there is a brother or a, a sister of that buck oh, that, yeah. that is registered, and, or there was a semen collection of a sibling of that buck or a parent of that, that buck or whatever that was recorded, right. and then you can see what the downstream looks like, and when that data is there. And it's associated to that buck, great. But right now it's associated to unknown, which is really too bad. Yeah. So, anyway. I'm just, uh, I mean, I guess on a closing note for me is that I'm just happy that COVID seems to be chilling out and people seem to be doing the right thing. And my restaurant clients, which was 95% of my business. Um, 90. 90. Yeah. Pretty close most of it. Um, they're back now. And they're back. Some of the restaurant clients that I've had forever are buying more than they ever have before. And things are doing really well for them. Um, and it makes it really nice for me. Uh, I couldn't be more thankful for all my customers. Um, things are going really well. Uh, I could use a few more clients, but I'm not stressing. Most of it's going, so that's really good. Thanks all, all my clients out there if you're listening. And um, yeah, I hope the rest of the rest of the summer is good. And yeah. we keep you updated. Maybe sooner than we have. <laughs> we should, yeah, we should try to do this more regularly. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's gonna do it for this episode. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.